Welcome to Shame Watch, a guilt-free dive into those massive movie failures that we hate to love. Each week, we look at a movie that either we or our guests love, but society shames them for. We peek in each nook and cranny for every bright spot, keeping the public at bay while watching these movies like the miracles that they are. And today, we're going to learn the true meaning of family love as we slap on our aftershave and scream into the night as we talk about Home Alone. I'm I don't James. get that joke. What? I don't get the. I don't get the. Ah! I don't. I don't get that. It's iconic. It burns. I yeah, know that it it's burns. iconic. It burns. Yeah. I don't know. I don't, use, burns. I don't use aftershave. It's don't never. Know. What are you talking about? Aftershave burns. It does. Have, have you ever used yeah. Old Spice aftershave? No. That's the barely spice. I barely use <laughs> aftershave. Completely irritating. Burns. What are you talking about? Yeah, it burns. Are you serious? I yeah. don't even use that for my yeah. mustache. I mean, your mustache is incredible, Olivia. Oh, you thank you. Know thank so. you, European Wax Center. Your quarantine stash is coming along quite nicely, Olivia. Thanks. Yeah, I'm really. I'm trying to go for like a five o'clock shadow. I don't know if you can tell. There but, you go. Yeah. I'm sorry to interrupt you, James. I just didn't understand. That Anyways, I'll shut up for the rest of the podcast. No, we need you. No, we it's fine. We need you. That's nah, we need you, Kenny. We need you. And that was I'm James fight. And uh, the person who didn't get that joke was. It's just, I'm the only one that didn't get that joke. I'm the only one. Kenny Madison, Chief Archive. I can't believe everyone else gets this joke. I mean, in, in this podcast crew, yes. Well, oh, great. Would you say you're home alone in that joke? Oh, there. I... That made it bad. better with a bad joke. That was a bad joke. That was a bad joke. <laughs> See, Kenny, I redeemed you. Uh, and who just uh, called me out on my bad joke was? Olivia Slap and Swatas. I am the social media manager and everyone's favorite co-host. No, I'm just kidding. I, no, but I am no. I'm one of your favorite co-hosts. No, no, let's rank it. No, Olivia's definitely at the top. Cool, let's rank it. Uh, it goes uh, Olivia, Aaron, Kenny, James. <laughs> you cut off James. It goes Olivia, Aaron, Kenny, and James. And the second most favorite of the podcast is Aaron. That's you. Aaron, take your time. It's only an audio medium. I don't like rankings, so I don't care that I'm the second. Um, but yeah, my name is Aaron Salinas. I got the aftershave joke because aftershave burns. Um, it uh, it doesn't anymore, it um, and it probably wouldn't have made sense for it to burn him, because he wasn't shaving anything or breaking skin. So it I, I do see Kenny's point that like there was no point for it to burn, but yeah, aftershave burns. But yeah, Aaron Salinas, editor, uh, nice guy. I'm a good guy. Um, Salinas, <laughs> yeah. We all watched Home Alone. This is, I think, an iconic 90s film. Very much so. Yeah. I used still, to watch it all the time with my grandma. Still the highest it. grossing comedy film in America. Really? really? Shut yeah. up. Uh, upon its release, uh, it made $285 million. Oh, shoot. In America alone, adjusted for In the 90s. Yeah, adjusted for inflation, that's $617 million. 
Damn. Still the highest grossing comedy movie in the well, US. What was his budget? Give me time. Someone vamp. Someone talk about literally anything. So I, my grandma used to show me this all the time. Uh, this and Home Alone 2. Uh, lost in New York. But uh, I realized like I always mis- like combine the two as one movie. But it was super refreshing to watch this because uh, this is the thing I want to get to the most. Because I, I, I tell you, my friends, how my high school friends uh, acted towards me and how they bullied me. Uh, and you get to witness what that's like in this film. Because when uh, Kevin pushes Buzz and uh, the milk slightly tips over and Kai makes a little bit of a mess and everyone shuts up and stares at him with that intense pressure, that was every day for me uh, from middle school to the end of high school with my friends. Those are some bad friends. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Those are not good guys. They're not good guys. Literally anytime I tell a joke. So that's why. I don't have confidence in my jokes, but I do now because of improv. Thanks, Kenny. Fifteen million. This movie. Fifteen million was its budget. Yeah. Damn. Fifteen. Yeah. Damn! It made a lot of money. Yeah. Oh man. (laughs) Sorry, I, I just. I was like, Jesus Christ, that's a that's a huge turnaround. Um, <laughs> uh, I love the screaming in this film. This movie um, always confused me as a kid because anytime I saw it, I just thought Christmas was there. So I think it just kind of annoyed my parents when I was like, all right, cool, like, we're Santa. So I think, like, I was kind of limited when I could watch it. So I don't remember watching it a ton. So wait, you could only watch it – when you watched it, you thought it was Christmas. Yeah, so like if we watched it now in the middle of April, I'd be like, oh, cool. So like it's Christmas. Like, <laughs> kids don't really have a concept of time. You know? yeah, but Aaron, we yeah. did watch this in the middle of April. Yeah. So it's it Christmas. <laughs> no, it's not. Buddy, it's not Christmas. It can, it can always be Christmas in your heart. That's right. Yeah. If so it's not right. Christmas, Candy, then why did we watch this movie? Because we're in isolation. Hey. We need something joyful in a time of dread. That too. Uh, Where are you? He's in front of the McAllister house. I know he's in front of the McAllister. That's a good house. Just a lot of movement going on. That's a rich house. Let's y'all. Let's talk about how rich the McAllisters are for a second. So so before we recorded, I was like, you know, who's not going to get a stimulus check is the McAllister family because (laughs) that house is (laughs) huge. Yeah. Of course, in, in retrospect, he probably wouldn't get the check. They would actually get. Like proper compensation because let's let's be frank, McAllister dad probably friends with Trump. We yeah, can all, yeah, we can all say that. How do they live in that big of a house? Come on. The and then 90s. they're all going to France. Yeah, yeah. It, this movie, and, like that family, is just the epitome of white privilege. Very much so. And they live in Chicago, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could tell. Which, I think one of Chicago my favorite Bulls. things about '90s films is they're like. Okay, you're like super rich if you live in New York or LA, mm-hmm. but where does the white collar Americana family live? Right. Chicago. Chicago. We'll make them mm-hmm. look normal, and they give them this beautiful, huge, enormous house. Yeah, yeah, you know the true Midwest. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Although uh, Uncle Frank came in from Ohio, 
Did anyone else catch that little thing? Oh, yeah. Oh, I did. And I was like, somewhere James is going. Yep. Yep, exactly. <laughs> the McAllisters did not pay for their trip to Paris. It was the guy that they were going to go visit in yeah. Paris that paid for all of them to be able to go over there. Well, shit, well, who is that? I need to be friends with him. That's how the rich operate, Kenny. Either that or might just be French economics because they might just get so much vacation time off that the guy could have gotten a second job and gotten even more yeah. uh, income and be able to go, cool, I can actually spread the wealth around. No. True. Yeah. I hate America. The, listen, the thing is that the rich get richer. Uh, but, you know, we, I think, love this film. I don't know. I do. But not everyone might. Kenny, hit us with that context. And all right. Uh, I like to call this segment The Context. Thank you, Aaron. Uh, in a review by our favorite film critic, Owen Gleiberman of the Entertainment Weekly. That's right, I call it <laughs> The Entertainment Weekly. Oh, my Review God. titled The Home Alone. Well, <laughs> <laughs> That's some good context. Thank you. John Hughes started out making fresh, witty entertainment for teenagers, 16 Candles, The Breakfast Club. But in the last few years, he has turned into a brazenly cynical audience manipulator. His latest sure-to-be-a-hit comedy is about a rambunctious little tyke, Kevin McAllister, Macaulay Culkin, whose suburban family accidentally leaves him behind when they take off for a Christmas trip to Paris. The movie, written and produced by Hughes and directed by Chris Columbus, Adventures in Babysitting, succeeds, at least for a few scenes, at tapping into the universal terror and exhilaration of being left alone in an upper-middle-class home stopped with leisure time goodies. Hughes, though, can't resist turning Home Alone into a sadistic festival of adult bashing. When Kevin is set upon a pair of bumbling thieves, Joe Pesci and Daniel Stern, the kid proceeds to defend the family castle by rigging an elaborate series of booby traps. The movie devolves into an egregious Three Stooges pain fest. We're meant to giggle and clap along with Kevin as the crooks get their heads singed with blowtorches and walk barefoot on glass. Then, since this is the holiday season, we get incongruous scenes of Christmas spirit family reunion toastiness, and also a bit in which the lonely old man next door, Robert's Blossom, is reunited with his family who are wheeled in from out of nowhere for a teary climax. By then, Hughes is pulling our strings as though he'd never learned to do anything else. D. <laughs> D was the ranking? D is the ranking. It's not okay. just an arbitrary letter just put on the end. I mean, I, I, love, I just love how, in my mind, that's how they end every review is just some letter yeah not fiend or end but <laughs> just k a letter. Yeah. i was gonna i was gonna do that's some good d and then i was like oh that's what that's what she said i said it so it's funny mom yeah don't listen to that <laughs> so um i got a confession here we what's go your confession what's your confession? this is my first pe- this was my first pesci film Oh, this nice. has to be all of our first Pesci film. Because yeah. I don't think any of us could watch any other thing that Pesci made at this age. No, yeah, it's not like anyone. So That's that Irishman guy. Kind of it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's the he's the Irishman. He's also a good fella. He's a hey. good fella. He's a good fella. <laughs> he's a good fella. <laughs> uh. uh Yes, this was also my first experience with uh, Mr. Pesci. Yeah, because I think I remember watching My Cousin Vinny later in life. Mm. And I told my dad, I was like, oh, that's the guy from Home Alone. And I think he kind of cringed. But, like, he really couldn't say anything. Right. Just, like, 
what else is a kid supposed to know? Right. Well, yeah, you'd be absolutely it. mortified if you were just like, hey, that's the guy from Casino. <laughs> <laughs> you'd have been like, I failed as a father. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, this movie kind of made me hate Kevin's family. Like, oh, just, they're a terrible family. They're terrible people. <laughs> now, let's let's address something. Uh, uh, the three the three guys on this podcast are all only children. Olivia, what was it like <laughs> growing up with uh, 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 siblings? Was it anything like this film? Uh, not totally, but I, I can say that like there are moments where you know the some of the older siblings how they treat Kevin, you know, there are those moments. I have definitely been there. I have been there this week with my younger sibling and I feel really bad about that. Uh, There's just, yeah, there's sometimes just, you know, they're, gosh, I'm, I'm not being like super fluent today. Um, There are moments where if you have siblings who are so many years apart, they're just growing at different stages in life. And Mm -hmm. so the younger siblings don't understand concepts such as privacy or uh, angst. And being the oldest of three, there was definitely a lot of that. And I remember my parents had to tell me to just be patient with them because they didn't understand. Mm -hmm. And now that they've grown older and I'm, you know, in their face going like, hey, what's up? (laughs) And, And they're telling me like, we just want some privacy. Okay, now you get it. Now you get it. But um, in this movie, yeah, sometimes there's that there's that saltiness. But I wouldn't say that's that's all the time. Right. It just really kind. Of, it kind of depends on the family dynamic that you and your family have. Mm-hmm. But yeah, glad I could provide some sibling commentary. It would be. It would. I, I'm interested. I don't know what kind of only child like what I would be like if I was an only child because I've only ever known having siblings. I mean, right. there was a good five and a half year period where I was an only child, but I would be very much like Kevin where it's kind of confusing at first. Sure. Uh, I, as an only child, listen, I was great. I behaved all the time because all I had to do was play video games. Oh, so, so, yeah. Yeah. so well behaved. Aaron? Yeah, I was pretty well behaved. I actually talked about this with Kaylee recently because she was like, yeah, Kaylee I remember sneaking out of the house. Hold on. Who and, is Kaylee? you know, doing this and being kind of like what? the example Aaron. for... Aaron. Who is yes. Kaylee? Oh, Kaylee, uh, uh, my live-in roommate, uh, we share a, a bed together. And a, um, and a heart. I sometimes say I love you. She's a good roommate. Uh, I always say I love you. She's a good girl. She's my girlfriend. She's a good girl. Oh my god. Okay, I'm sorry, Kaylee. I was trying to give you a compliment. She's a she's a strong, confident woman. She's a strong lady. Aaron, just make your point. Before these jokes get weirder. But she was like, she was saying that her her brother's been kind of like misbehaving lately. And she was like, yeah, I remember like, and they're kind of saying, well, like, you her parents were telling her like you misbehaved but like not as bad as you know he's beha- behaving and i'm like you misbehaved like i was a I was a pretty well behaved kid like my parents there was never an agreed upon curfew because i just showed up 
Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. If, if I was going to be late somewhere, granted, you know, you know, I'm older than Kaylee by a year, but I would text my parents like, hey, going to be late, but I'll be home. Um, but yeah, I was a pretty good kid. Um, but um, I was also the youngest cousin and me and my cousins were pretty close. So I can also imagine that I was a pain in the ass. Uh, sure. Especially around Christmas time, where the families just kind of like throw all of you together since you're out of school. Mm-hmm. So, like, hey, go play and don't kill each other is kind of yeah. what we would do around that time. Mm-hmm. So, I think I was the pain in the ass. I was the pain in the ass cousin um, during Christmas time, which this movie kind of reminds me of like just like hoarding your family together yeah. for a little bit of time <laughs> during yeah, I mean- Christmas. But yeah, I was a good kid. Me and my cousin were super close, uh, but since we lived in the same town, we got to see each other pretty regularly. Mm -hmm. Uh, But yeah, I think only children, we are maybe a little closer to our cousins sometimes, and that's the closest thing we have to a sibling. Uh, At least that was the case for me, but I I had the pleasure of leaving and going back to my house. So uh, a next thing, uh, again, coming from an only child, I could never be, like, I never thought my parents would ever forget me, ever. Like, that, that is never a thing that would cross their minds. Uh, Aaron, Kenny, similar thoughts? Uh, I had one of those conspiracy theory thoughts whenever I was nine years old that my parents left me at the Baltimore Aquarium and then mm. somehow got secretly replaced with du- exact duplicates. Okay. Don't know why. Probably because I was always just like five, uh, like two percent worried that a Truman Show situation was always happening to me. Yeah, but that's that. That's my brain. Whenever I was nine years old, I well, never thought that my parents would forget me, but for some reason, I had that thought. Oh, oh my gosh! Random question. So here we go. Have- Rand- this better be random. Yes. Uh, permission. Gr- uh, uh, granted. Granted. Okay. Uh, Aaron. Wait, Aaron. Granted. Okay. So speaking of like parents and being small children, were you guys ever at a theme park and you saw you you ran up to somebody who you thought was your mom and dad or dad and you'd, you'd hug him and go, "Dad," and it's not your dad. <laughs> no, that the happened close- to me. <laughs> that happened to me once at Six Flags. Ooh. Oh no! The closest the closest that I came to that was when I was like fifteen or sixteen, <laughs> and. Uh, it was my mom and her cousin and they both had like dark hair and I really wasn't paying attention so uh, I just walked up and tapped who I thought was my mom on the shoulder and it was the cousin I was like oh sorry and then I went to my mom <laughs> that's the closest I've come to that <laughs> a um, heart racing moment Yeah, <laughs> I've seen that but in roles reversed <laughs> um, my dad's a florist and so I'd go help him like work weddings and stuff like pass out bouquets and get people pinned with boutonnieres and stuff and we were at a wedding one time and I saw him go up to somebody some guy like we were relatively the same height kind of same build I was obviously like, a little bit pudgier than him so I don't know how he didn't mistake that and he went up to him and he he like put his hand on his shoulder and started to whisper in his ear, like, cause like the music starting and everything starting to like, he was telling, he was trying to tell me, Hey, go to the back, get the boutonnieres and everything to, so we can move forward. And he just ran up to this guy and like, he was a full grown man. Like he had a beard, 
I think I might have been in maybe like freshman or sophomore year. I was a bigger guy, but like it was like a guy with like a goatee, like slick back hair and everything. But we were both wearing black. So my dad went up to him, put his hand on his shoulder, starts whispering in his ear. And then that's when me and my dad made eye contact. And he was like, oh, you're not my son. <laughs> and he, he kind of like looked over at the guy. He was like, oh, my bad. Like, sorry. Like, he kept patting him on the back. And like, I, I think I distinctly remember like giving my dad eye contact. Like, what What are you doing? Why are you, why are you whispering that guy's ear like that? But uh, yeah, I said, what were you telling him? I was like, I was telling him to run to the back of the van to get boutonnieres and stuff. And I was like, that poor guy was so confused. <laughs> Oh man! <laughs> uh, but to answer your question, James, I don't think <laughs> I, I, yeah, I kind of never saw myself getting forgotten by my parents. But I did see a parent one time realize they lost their kid at an airport. Oh my god! Oh, no. And like that panic has got to be terrifying. Like it was kind of like a little. Home Alone situation, like the little girl just kind of like sidetracked and went to a trash can and like the dad kept walking. He had like, they had a newborn and then like a toddler. So like their life was kind of chaotic. Uh, yeah. So he was yeah. holding like both car seats, luggage, and he was carrying and, and his wife was carrying the newborn. And at a certain point, he just kind of stopped and he was like, Caroline? And he turned around and looked at me. I was like, I'm obviously not a Caroline. What are you talking about? He was like, Caroline, he just like threw all the luggage and then sprinted. And oh. I was like, oh this is terrifying. And like, I just kind of stood there. I was like, uh, do I call somebody? Do I do something? Yeah. And then he found her and the little girl was just like crying and bawling. And I was like, Aww. let me help you, man. So I picked up the car seats. So I was like, I'll walk nice. with you. You got a lot of shit going on right now. Yeah. Oh, Aaron, he's a good guy. He is a good guy. Thank good guy you. I, I'm a good guy. I, he's a good guy. I mostly guy. stopped because I didn't want them to be like, did you kidnap my kid? I just was like, I, I didn't kidnap no kid. I'm just, I'm here. I didn't do nothing. Uh, Olivia, since you had siblings, do you feel like uh, your parents would ever have the thought or have the, like, ever forget one of you? I don't think so at this point. I know my mom has a habit of, so all of our names end with A, Olivia, Miranda, <laughs> Sabrina. So it, we have this running gap when we were younger and she would be in in my bedroom and we would be on another house she would try to say one of our names and all that would happen was nah. and we're like which one because for <laughs> us it was just like nah. and we're yeah. like who and uh sometimes my my parents my aunt and my mom have this where they, sometimes they'll call us the wrong names just they're just like miranda can you go get this and i go i'm olivia you know? <laughs> but at this point my mom goes she is i've had three of you you know, give me a break. I'm also Aww. a teacher, so I'm dealing what? with... It's her me. fault! Should I name you all similar? I know, I know. And then our dog's name is Shula, so we have... What? Like, we technically have four. The only, <laughs> the, only, the only people in my house who don't who have names that don't end in A are my dad, uh, and then my mom, and then our other dog, Plato. So... <laughs> Do they ever run down the list? Like, oh. Because for us, it, we're all A's in my, all the boys in my uh, dad's side of the family, we're all Aaron, Adam, Andrew. Uh, now that there's great grandbabies, it's different, but it's always like, uh, Adam, Ed, Andrew, ooh, Aaron, can you get me? Like, yeah, running that's down exactly the list? it. That's exa it's like, yeah. Miranda, Sabrina, Olivia, I mean, Miranda, can you go get 
And you I, can't I, say junior either because like four of them are junior. So if you say junior oh, wow. in the house, everybody's head pops up. <laughs> <laughs> and they call me junior too, even though I am not a junior. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I heard that's a, like a common thing for people with siblings is that they'll just run down, even like if the names don't sound similar. Like, mm-hmm. those run down the list. Like, uh, Jerry, Tom, uh, uh, Wyatt. Preston. Just, yeah. yeah. Just just naming off random names. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's kind of a running gag now. It used to kind of bother us when we were younger, but now we're just kind of like, okay. And then obviously with alcohol, it's a million times harder, too. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh... My parents are social drinkers. Oh. Yeah, we it, we don't like. Although it's kind of funny right now. Side sidebar, granted. 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 Okay. So you know during thank you. So you know during this quarantine, like alcohol consumption across America has spiked a yes. lot. So in my house, we had four adults who are over the age of twenty one, and we're you know we don't drink like every day, but we have all this alcohol in our, in our house. And then our recycle bin is nothing but alcohol bottles. (laughs) And that's just like us, like casually having a beer, you know, maybe twice a week or something. I mean, my parents do socialize like with our godparents via zoom wine parties every Friday. Um, So that's where some of the bottles also come from. But um, yeah. Oh, and then during those periods, I guess you can say that's kind of when they forget about the kids. (laughs) <laughs> yeah so, so tying back to home alone yeah <laughs> yeah uh my um, mom never forgot me ever i'm always on her mind james we, we, we believe you always she is, she is our patron yeah. she is our patron she is a ten dollar level thank Thanks, you Miss Fight. y'all what do we think about big mac what do we think about macaulay he's great <laughs> he's adorable he's this, stupendous this- this is iconic. I mean, yeah. this is what made him Macaulay Culkin. I don't think I could have pictured any other child star in this role. So I'm trying to the idea for this movie uh, from that one scene in Uncle Buck, tying mm-hmm. it back to our big boy Maxi series that Aaron and I do sometimes when the other two are not available for episodes. There's the one scene of uh, Will Macaulay Culkin looking through the mail slot and suddenly sees I think it's two burglars? Yeah. Closes mm-hmm. the door and then looks back through it and it's just Uncle Buck. And that's when John Hughes went, oh, this should be a movie. And that's so a wrote, movie. Yeah, and so wrote Home Alone based off of Macaulay Culkin and kind of wrote that for Kip. Mm-hmm. And Macaulay Culkin's such a weird I don't know. He's a child actor without seeming like a child actor. He's so charismatic and so, I don't know, smart Alec? The isn't, eyebrows. Yeah. yeah. Isn't uh, Kieran Culkin also in this film? There's a. There's a yeah, movie. Fuller. Yeah. yeah. That's Fuller? Uh, oh, man. When Fuller drinks. When, when he drinks the, the Coke or whatever and then he just gives Macaulay Culkin a look, I was like, ah, he's going to pee on him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But it's like Fuller knew. And the writers were like, we did our job. We did our job. (laughs) (laughs) He got it. He got it that he was going to pee. He got it. Um, Uh, But Chris Columbus uh, uh, auditioned like hundreds of kids anyway. Because he didn't want to seem like a pushover to John Hughes in in the film community. (laughs) 
That's cool. that's what uh, Amazon Prime told me as I was Hell? watching. Nice. Um, Macaulay and uh, Macaulay Culkin, just to yeah. clarify. You're not talking about another Macaulay. I'll be honest, he might be the only Macaulay I know of. You know him, Aaron? <laughs> Does he yeah, smell? We, we used to... No, he... My mother hasn't let me know if he smells yet. Um, <laughs> but yeah, me and Macaulay used to uh, do brunches before all this happened. We were, we were just going to start brunching again, but then Rona happened, so uh, we haven't uh, picked yeah. back up. Yeah. Um, but yeah, him and... What? The, the kid from Sixth Sense... Haley Joel Osment. Osment. Um, I love Haley Joel Osment. They are kind of like one of the few child actors to kind of sweep the globe, right? Yeah, oh yeah. Like yeah. to the scale that they did that I can think of. Oh yeah. 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 yeah, I think I think Haley he had an Oscar nomination, right? For six months. Yeah. Uh, yes. yeah, Michael Keane won, but went uh, during his speech was like, Wow, uh, Haley Joel Osment, you really kind of deserve this award. Damn. And I guess Leo, baby Leo to an extent, right? Not what? near, not to the degree. Gilbert Grape? That's the only thing I can think of, right? Well, Leo was not nearly as young as Macaulay Culkin or Haley Joel Osment was. He was like 15 almost, I think. Yeah, you know, so he was just young. There's that one kid now, uh, Jacob Tremblay, the one who was in Room, sure. who I think... Oh he, yeah. He didn't get nominated for an Oscar, but he was definitely in the award show circuit when yeah. that movie was getting all the accolades. Well, Brie Larson. Yeah. Now that I think about it, that kid was that that movie took a lot of strong acting from that kid. That mm-hmm. like you're asking him to be quiet and just move. That's very difficult. Yeah. Yeah. I still need to watch that. I own it. I just haven't watched it yet. You need, a, yeah, you need to watch it. It's a great movie. It, it, I love Brie Larson. She's great. It's a super good party movie. Room is just such a great. You want to watch it with. That's friends. why I hear it's a real upper. Yeah. You, you should do a Google Hangout with it's it. It's a it's a good just... Netflix and chill movie. Yeah. yeah, especially now, what you want to watch is a movie about uh, two people <laughs> confined to an, just one room. For why didn't we pick that for isolation? I mean, we That's... still can. <laughs> just don't do that. We still can. Yeah. It, it's an emotional movie. We, <laughs> yeah, maybe not. <laughs> not as emotional as uh, Home Alone, but yeah. um, this movie this movie does pull at the heartstrings, though. Yeah, definitely. I, I mean, it reminds me of Uncle Buck, which makes yes sense. But this is, I don't know, less idiosyncratic, but still kind of weird. I was petrified of this movie when I was growing up. Uh, this is the first time that I've seen it since I was in the single digits. Wow. Uh, probably because this movie taps into it films it so wonderfully from a child's POV that mm-hmm. basement heater oh, yeah. that thing oh. was genuinely chilling and I always just had a mortification at anything that was left behind. Like I couldn't mm-hmm. watch Toy mm-hmm. Story for the longest time because I was just had that pit of despair in my uh, tummy mm-hmm. because Buzz and Woody were left alone. They, they were left behind, and that was just absolutely terrifying. So I couldn't watch this movie. I couldn't watch Home Alone 2. I have really no nostalgia connection with this outside of just the fervent anxiety that I feel about this movie. How was it watching now? It was good. Uh, I think this movie is quite good. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Totally a- solid movie. It's a really 
good screenplay, I think. Because they bring most things back. Yeah. Like, most things are used with intent. Which I like. Yeah, I mean, it's a super small movie. It's it's a high-concept movie without there actually being a high-concept. Like, you can mm-hmm. see this yeah. where Kevin just wishes and suddenly his parents actually are gone, but there's a logical explanation to all of it. I really like yeah. that. In, in the subtle, like, how the guy, the electrical repair person, was uh, saying, like, hey, phones are going to be down for a couple days. And Catherine O'Hare's like, yeah, okay, whatever. Uh, yeah, uh, we need to go. So yeah. like, that was just a nice like little detail that explained like why they couldn't get in contact with him. Yeah. Also, God, how great is Catherine O'Hara? Oh, great! Oh my she gosh, is awesome. Yes. Uh, also, like this movie. I mean, it could work today, but they'd have to like the logic behind not being around. I think would be a lot more of a, a, a thing. Cause like what happens in the movie is that like a tree or a branch falls on the power line and that's what cuts the phones. But since yeah. we don't rely on power lines anymore for phones, it won't really want to work for that explanation. It would have to be something like the internet's down, you know? Yeah. The cell towers are down, but then at that point, like everyone would freak out because that's our society right now. Also, something that's not that, that's not realistic. When the family is running late to the airport and they get through security so fast, I'm like, even well, with I, TS, even with TSA pre-check, like that's not possible. Oh yeah, pre, yeah not today. Pre, yeah, this is pre 9 11. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember my buddy told me he was like, yeah, when we were kids, we would just hang out at airports, and I was like, what? Yeah, that, that's he was always like, yeah, we would just like hang out and see the air, the airplanes take off. I was like, how old are you? Because this is very pre nine eleven. He was mm-hmm. like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm forty. I'm like, oh, okay, because that <laughs> that would never exist in my childhood. No, <laughs> no. Yeah, my parents uh, talk to me sometimes about like what uh, uh, flying was like before nine eleven. I was, I'm just always like, that's bizarre. I've that I fly makes no sense. Yeah, I fly a good amount, so I know how to uh, go through an airport. Like, <laughs> I know how I get through quick, and I know exactly what to do. But even then, like, it's still at least an hour process if you're doing everything fast. And the conditions are right. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, there's not a line, and it's not during a holiday season specifically. Yeah, right. like, a huge family too. And then in, I believe they were at Chicago O'Hare, which is yeah. a oh small God. city. Yeah. Well, because they fly from Chicago to Paris, and then Catherine O'Hare flies from uh, Paris to Dallas to Scranton, and then gets a ride from John Candy. Dale Griffith from Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Yeah. And Uncle Buck. And Uncle Buck. <laughs> which... That's also an indication of like that time period because just imagine a guy going up to a woman and saying, hey, me and these nine other guys are going that way. Do you just want to come with? We play polka. Yeah, we play polka. (laughs) That would not fly in 2020. Were you going to say no to John Candy? Just look at that face. Look at him. Just so lovable. His face is just naturally a smile. He's got some shower curtain rings. 
you know, on hand. <laughs> I just, I freaking love him in planes, trains, and automobiles. So I, I gotta say, Catherine O'Hara might be one of the most underrated comedians of all time. Like, I'm trying to, like, she's got some iconic pieces, man. Best in show. She's she's killing it in Shit's Creek. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Like, she is, God, she's so wonderful. Anytime her and Levy are in something, I just have to dedicate time to it. I loved her in Best in Show. She's, yeah. she's in, uh, a Burton film, Beetlejuice. Be- uh, well, uh, the other one, uh, the animated, no. Weenie, Frank, Frank and Weenie. Oh, yeah, she's in Frank oh. and Weenie. She's in Beetlejuice. God, she's just she's an icon. I'll call it. Hot take. Well, she's an call icon. That. Call it. She's an icon. You should. Her timing is wonderful. Yeah. She's just so good. She's given kind of a thankless role, and she's playing a mom here. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but she. I, this is where I remember Catherine O'Hara from. Even as a person that did not watch Home Alone in a loop. I'm like, so many <laughs> people, I still knew that Catherine O'Hara was the mom from Home Alone. Mm-hmm. Such an icon. And then yeah. the father, I can't think of his name, but he's iconic too. He's a that guy actor for me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 He was in White Chicks, uh, he, he was, was in Sopranos. Icon. Oh, that's that's where I've seen him. In Sopranos. Yeah, in Sopranos. Yeah, he uh, he was kind of my favorite because he's a slimy cop, very slimy, and uh, mm-hmm. he just wants to be respected by Tony. And when Tony doesn't respect him, uh, and he just feels like he's being stamped on, he uh jumps off a bridge, and like oh, for whatever yeah. reason, like Tony kind of carries that with him because like he's he's getting intel, uh. On, on what the FBI is doing and researching for the Soprano family. And Tony just walks up to him. And he's like, what do you got for me? And he's like, no, hello. No, how's the wife? Nothing like that. He's like, you're a slimy scumbag cop. Give me what I want. And like, that just kind of like, just yeah. kind of sets him over the edge. He's like, all right, this is, if a mob, if a mob boss isn't going to respect me, then when I'm doing all this work for him, I'm just going to end it. Like it was, it, he sucked. That's where that I remember guy. him. Yeah, that's where I remember him from because I've seen. I was watching him as the dad, and I thought I've seen him somewhere. And he's a uh, MC Hammer broke in White Chicks, <laughs> but that's the line I always remember too. And as you three might remember, I know him as the ill-fated second commander of the Battlestar Pegasus and Battlestar Galactica because he was a chief yeah. engineer of the thing. But he was kind of the only one that was left in. In, as a command officer, he yeah. didn't really want to command, so yeah. he was just kind of stuck in a bad situation. You guys know, you guys. Oh know. yeah, that was my third. That was my third one. I, I was about. To, I was about to say that. Thank you. I appreciate. You know, all things Battlestar. All on board. Right. That's all a good board. Galactica. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, we're looping. And I feel like I know the uncle from somewhere too. The uncle's that kind of a jerk. Uncle Frank. Oh, and he's Uncle like, Frank? he's like, don't worry, yeah. I left my reading glasses. Yeah. At home. <laughs> hey, <laughs> I like, know what you're Dang. doing. I forgot my. Re- <laughs> to be fair, though. <laughs> I mean, as somebody who, yeah, as somebody who is like blind AF, I would have, I would be pissed too. Yeah, oh, I want, <laughs> I like, I can't function without my glasses or contacts. You're currently not wearing your glasses, as you said that. Yeah, and I can't. Honestly, can't really see your faces on the Zoom chat. 
Yeah, but you seem to be functioning. <laughs> You're such a liar. <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, Kevin gets forgotten because he's forgettable. Kevin McAllister. Yeah. M- uh, Kevin McCulkin. And uh, so he gets the house to himself. Yeah. <laughs> he became so an old some could say he was home by himself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, did your parents ever leave you home alone? Was that a big deal? Yes. Was totally. it a big deal? Yeah. I think once they knew I could work the stove and oven, it wasn't a big deal. If I'm being honest. Mm-hmm. And I could lock a door. Yeah. So I think I was probably... 20? No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> I was going to say, you're <laughs> I think, uh, no, I think I was probably, I remember my dad gave me my own house key one time. Mm. I knew that was like a big deal. I was like, oh, yeah. dude. Okay, I get it. Like, there's a, an amount of trust here. We are, we are one. I think I might have been like eight or nine. Yeah, that's about when I was also allowed to be home alone. I think, Me, Olivia? Yeah, I think um, maybe when I was, the thing was when my youngest sister was born, we're about mm-hmm. 11 and a half years apart. Whoa. Yeah, so my other sister and I are about five and a half years apart. So mm-hmm. when it was just the two of us, I think we started being allowed to be home by ourselves when I was 10. So that would made her, make her about five-ish. Mm-hmm. And then when my youngest sister was born, obviously we couldn't be left alone with just her. A baby. The new, yeah, with the baby. And so if they took her to go to the doctor, then yeah, I was, we were allowed to kind of be by ourselves. But I don't think with the three of us, I don't think it was until maybe I was in middle school, mm. like late middle school. So I want to say maybe 14. Okay. And so she, she would be about two. And she, it would be kind of one of those conditions where she would have to be taking a nap. Yeah. But then mm. in like long term, I think it was more when I was in high school. Because then at that point, uh, Miranda, my middle sister, was in middle school. And then Sabrina would already kind of be at that point where she was in kinder. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. So I was a little bit later, but it's just because. Mm-hmm. Kenny? Uh, I was about 12 or 13. Uh, and I was an only child. Yep. Uh, but also, I, my parents just never went out. My mm. parents just never went out. They yeah. didn't really have uh, any other friends outside of just family. Uh, so they had no reason to go out. Yeah, the only time my parents would leave was to go to Walmart, which they did three times a week. What? Um, yeah. No, my, par- my parents loved going to Walmart. It's a small town thing. Oh, my family was terrified to go to Walmart. My family is terrified to just go to stores, period. It's always too busy. Like Rona or no Rona? No, yeah. yeah. Uh, absolutely just chilling to go downtown because there's just too many people. The other thing that would make my parents leave would if my mom had a doctor's appointment. So, because my mom was uh, sick as I grew up. But that's not the topic of this podcast. Well, we're glad she's better. Hopefully. Yeah. Well, 
I mean, she still has the same sickness, but she's alive. So, Jean, thank you. Thank you, Jean. Thank you, Jean. Miss Fight. Um, yeah, I, I remember there was a lot of conditions if I was to be left alone. Couldn't answer the door. Uh, mm. Unless, like, I, I absolutely knew them and there was, like, an established relationship, like, you know, a family member or something. Um, cooking, I believe cooking was limited to microwave. <laughs> but I still made eggs. You, you Whoa, made you're eggs. a rebel. Rebel. A rebel. I'm a bad kid. He's a, a bad, bad egg. Kid. I lied to y'all. Hey. <laughs> That's, I like that. Um, so, yeah, cooking was kind of limited. Um, and I could not fend off two burglars. I remember that being a distinct rule. Yeah, my parents okay. constantly said that to me. Yeah. Uh, my parents there's... never let me cook, ever. Really? Mm-mm. Uh, and I, I will quote my dad, you will make a mess. And to which I replied, I'll, I'll clean it up, dad. He said, no. So I, I, I didn't grow up cooking. Yeah, I didn't really grow up cooking. I made fried chicken with my mom once, uh, but there was one time where I was hungry and wanted some eggs. So I started getting stuff out. And my mom went, what are you doing? Just going to make some eggs. And she went, don't. Yeah. And that was it. Yep. That's the discussion. Ken so, and we are very similar in that respect. <laughs> very much so. Yeah. Uh, despite the fact that I was a very obedient child, just te- just terrified to do anything. Yeah. Yeah. My uh, my parents, I, I think it was just like when they weren't home, I had to be careful. But like, if they were home, then I could like, I was able to cook. And I think my mom taught me. Yeah, my mom taught me how to make scrambled eggs and migas. The first thing I learned how to cook. And then after that, it was just kind of like weaning me off as to what my limitations were. Mm-hmm. Um, but I distinctly remember, like, even through high school, I could not fend off against two burglars. Just I'm, al- I'm allowed. Yeah. I'm, I'm allowed to now in my own apartment. Okay, good. Good. Yeah. 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 That's, That's important. I have, I have a baseball bat. Guys, let me ask you. Oh, is that you your weapon question. of choice? Yeah. Let me ask you. I also have question. swords. Anyway, what? Uh, so this movie is still the highest grossing comedy in U.S. history. Yeah, I don't get it. So let me, yeah, let's answer that question. Why? Why, um, why the heck is this movie, out of all of the comedies that have existed in, in U.S. history, the number one comedy still? Should you adjust for inflation? Kid. Yeah, adjusted for inflation, it's $617 million just Holy in the U.S. alone. Um, I, I think because it has something for the whole family. Every, everyone in the family can go see this film. This is the yeah. type of movie that they really don't make anymore because if there's a movie that starts a kid, it's made for kids as opposed to what mm-hmm. this movie feels like, which is that it's truly a family movie. Right. Uh, yeah. It's not as aggressive and annoying as some kids' movies are that are made for kids now. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. I think... It, that and then the fact uh, John Hughes and so you still have yeah. Gen X you know now growing up growing older and probably having their own families wanting to share that with their kids mm-hmm. sure yeah I mean, this is this is John Hughes kind of still at his peak this was right at the beginning of when he was stopping making movies period and mm-hmm. while he didn't direct this he still wrote and produced it he still had a heavy hand behind it 
and just using his cultural cachet to be able to make this weird movie. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. it's not like that much happens. No. It's very low-key. It's like, the very biggest, simple. The biggest thing that really happens, aside from the third act where the burglars come, is up until that, it's like, Kevin goes shopping by himself. Dude. Which he I was, know. He was a smart kid, though, because you knew where all the, the spare cash was, like the emergency yeah. cash. Yeah. Yeah. Because the family gave him no credit. And, like, that's a really good, like, first act where, like, they set you up to believe this character is really incompetent. But then mm-hmm. through the second act, it's very clear, like, oh, no, he knows how to do things, and he's growing still. So yeah. that's fun. Was this uh, a staple of y'all's household during Christmas time or something? I know it was. Not during Christmas. It was literally just like, oh, James needs something to watch. Let's go to the family video and get Home Alone. And it was only my grandma that would show me that. Because sure. like, she lives in a town called Pemberville, which is even smaller than Bowling Green. Uh, there's about, I want to say, uh, maybe a thousand people there, if that. It has and- half a hill. Instead of the two, it yeah. doesn't even have. Oof, that's a good oof. hill. If you can call it half a hill, Kenny. If you can call it that, uh, it just goes up and then there's just a sharp drop. I mean, no, it just goes up and then it plateaus. Honestly, because uh, my grandparents lived at the bottom of that half hill. This isn't a bit. That's actually where they lived. There is so there is a half hill in Pemberville. Yeah, I'm not actually, great. I'm glad that I can call it <laughs> because uh, on the top plateau part, there's a candy shop. Uh, that me and my grandma used to go to. Anyway, the family video was like two minutes from there, and we'd go there, and we'd get three ninjas and Home Alone. Oh, that's so 90s. (laughs) So great. All of that (laughs) is so 90s. So I I actually didn't see this film growing up as a kid. I I remember seeing the commercials for it every time we would buy a new DVD, Mm. and it would be in the trailers. (laughs) And I'd kind of go, Mom, how come we haven't seen Home Alone yet? And my mom goes, oh, yeah, we haven't. Y'all need to watch that. <laughs> and so I, I don't think it was until maybe I was about, I, like, I kid you not. Like, I think three I, hours I, ago. Yeah, three <laughs> hours ago. Uh, no, actually, I think I might have been in middle school, early high school. I think around Christmas time, my mom goes, have y'all seen Home Alone? And, and all of us go, no. And I go, I've been wanting to. Or maybe I lied. I said that I did, just to sound cool. And then I watched it, though, and that's when, at the end, I go, I get it now. It's really clever. It's really smart. Mm-hmm. I, now I know how Macaulay Culkin, like, truly became a star after this movie. Yeah. He's so good. He's yeah. so good in this movie. Just him running around and screaming is, like, entertaining. Yeah. yeah. Anytime that he's walking, he has that super-specific kid walk where his entire body is moving up mm-hmm. and down, but his arms are completely stationary. Yeah. Yeah, that yeah. weird bounce. So good. Yeah. That kids do. Yeah. Oh, that's he's, great. Uh, yeah, he's... It, it's easy to see how he kind of built himself from here, but at the same time, this is a lot of stress on a kid. Like, he was, he was oh, a yeah. hot... He was a hot ticket right now. Yeah. And he was relatively successful after Uncle Buck. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he did this. Uh, what else? Home Alone 2, obviously. Richie Rich. Uh, the Good oh, yeah. Son. Getting Even with Dad. 
Oh, yeah, the classic, you know, the one we all know, getting, getting even, with, even dad. with dad. I don't, I don't, I don't know what that is. What do you, you guys don't? That's fine. <laughs> I've seen the good son. That one. Heard of that either? He's a good son. Oh, it's, my girl. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. What has he done and, uh, recently? Not that he needs to. He's, uh, uh, he's set for life. No, not even. I think he's clean uh, now. Yeah, yeah. He's currently. He dated, he dated Mila Kunis. Yeah. For nine years. Wait, say that again. I love you. Say that. Again. Oh, sorry, but I cut off. He dated yeah. Mila Kunis for. He dated Mila Kunis for about nine years, which is damn. That's that's awesome. Yeah. Pretty impressive. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty impressive. <laughs> My longest relationship. <clears throat> anyway, uh, <laughs> so to ask the burning question on my mind, do we think the parents are good or bad parents? Now, Grant, we're only seeing uh, like essentially four days into the living dynamic, but what do we what do we think? Uh, good parents is kind of hard to assess because we don't get a context of how the parents are outside of Christmas, and right. literally. Almost the entire family is, for some reason, in their house. So it's extended family as well. Mm-hmm. They have to order 10 pizzas to take care of everyone. It seems like the majority of the house is just children. Mm-hmm. And then they're flying across the world for Christmas vacation. Uh, so they're fairly put upon. I yeah. say, according to the circumstances, they're doing pretty darn good. And Catherine O'Hara immediately flies home. Right. Is just going, I'm not going to leave the airport until I get home. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, which hopefully you guys would do for me. Absolutely. Of course. Good. Well, we want to get you in the first place because we love you. True. But if we, we did, yeah, no, we would make our way back to you. Yeah. I wouldn't want to run the risk of you burning yourself with aftershave. Yeah. Sure. That, that's so true. I would hurry well, I, home. Apparently, I would just put on the aftershave and just be like, this feels good. <laughs> <laughs> this is nice. Yeah. Um, what I think is interesting about this movie is if you showed a kid today, they're still okay with the fact that this movie was possible. Because I know a lot of kids would be like, just call yourself, just use your cell phone. Yeah. But yeah. like this, this movie answers a lot of the questions before that. So that's why I think this movie is aged fairly well, mm-hmm. given yeah. everything. Um, and, and and Pesci is still king. Um, yeah, he is the king. We we haven't talked about the, the two wet bandits. No, we haven't. They're very wet. They're very wet. I I love that. A uh, I love that. Um, Joe Pesci's like, that's a shitty thing to do, to because he the other guy uh, leaves the water running. Because he clogs both both uh, drains in the sink and then leaves the r- water running to flood the house, which is their calling card. And Joe Pesci's just like, that's a shitty thing to do, man. It's a calling card. Yeah, the adult me was like, the water bill! Ah! Yeah, yeah, right, right. And then the water damage and the mold, like, that's a lot. Like, you that's fucked someone over for that. 
I like that there is also the payoff in the third act where they go to the other house that where the that has been left on, and for yeah. some reason the entire basement is flooded, which just that's hilarious. Oh, it's great. <laughs> That also just falls into the kid logic of this movie. Like, yeah, yeah. you leave the faucets on, of course. That's the the basement is going to flood. Well, you leave it on for three days. Yeah, the basement's gonna flood. Not that much. No, no, it's gonna flood, kidding. It's gonna flood. Okay, James. Okay, jeez. It's gonna flood. It's I gonna never flood. grew up with the basement, so I don't know if it could flood. I don't. Yeah, Speaking I don't of, have a basement either. Speaking of floods. Random facts about Powerville. It was right next to a river, and sometimes floods would happen. What a random fact. Yeah. It was that did half hill. Did, did y'all have basements in that area? Yeah. I didn't have a basement oh. personally, but my grandparents did, and a lot of my friends growing up had basements. Yeah. Texans don't have basements. We flood too much. That's fair. Yeah. yeah. No, but, uh, we have basements all over the place because we have tornadoes. Yeah, and that's that where you go if a tornado happens. Uh, so does Oklahoma, but we didn't have basements. Yeah, but so really, yep. Uh, and then not only that, but they, from what I understand, they tried to vote to make basement standard a couple of years ago, and uh, it was voted down because people were like, "You can't raise my taxes." <laughs> that sounds very Oklahoma. <laughs> Based uh, on I'm not staying home, and everybody was like, "What are you talking about?" And I'm like, in a couple of years, it'll make sense. I'm not staying home. Okay. Uh, Rotten Tomato Games, fall? Yeah. I'm down. Do Let's it. do it. Uh, so for people that are starting with this Home Alone episode as their first episode of Shane Welcome. Watt, thank you. Welcome. The Rotten Tomatoes game is based off the website, Rotten Tomatoes. NC. <laughs> Good callback. Good callback. <laughs> Uh, the Rotten Tomatoes game is based <laughs> off the website Rotten Tomatoes, a film review aggregator that takes all submitted film reviews, averages them out by a pass-fail system, but decides a percentage on how many people might think this movie is either fresh or rotten. James, this yep. is not a score that a film is X percent good. All right. It is only I'm not going to tell you again. Many people liked it. I just, that's how I base my ranking. That's, that's a weird. bad tomato. <laughs> That was dumb. Yes. I liked it. <laughs> so, out of a whopping 54 critical reviews for Home Alone released in 1990, what do you think the critical approval rating is of this, starting with Aaron Salinas? I think it, I think it did fairly well. I'm going to say 83. 83%. Any reason? Um, I think it was... I mean, there's a reason it's the highest rated comedy or the most uh, successful comedy as far as budget. I mean, money-wise. Um, people kept showing up, I think. I, I think... When did this release, by the way? 1990, I'm assuming 90. Christmas time. I mean, yeah, because if it was around Christmas time, it makes sense. It's like, hey, if you, uh, let's take the kids to watch Home Alone. And, you, you know, you take all the cousins and it like, ends up being like 15 people, you know, to see it. And I, I think it was successful. And I think... Macaulay's mature in this one. Granted, he's probably like, you know, less than 10 or 10. And uh, I think probably they were a little bit impressed by him. And it's a good script. So, yeah, I think 83 is fair. Yeah. Olivia. I'm going to say 89%. What is your answer? 89%. 89%. Yeah. So basically what Aaron said, but plus 6%. That's a great reason. (laughs) So I'm the springboard, in other words. Yes. But not, not, not in everything, Aaron. You're already a good guy. Sure. 
Aaron, good Thank you. James uh, Fight Club, what is your answer for? Uh, let me ask my good friend Tyler Durden. Uh, he tells me that it's 76. 76%. Uh, no, I, I don't know if you know this, but that's 7% lower than what Aaron said. That is correct. I want to go uh, sex below and then plus one because of Olivia, uh, but in the negatives. So, And I, I don't think critics particularly like this based off the review we heard. Uh, I think others may have fell in line and saw it as gimmicky or cheap. I love the film, though. Well, uh, James, uh, use your unemployment check on something else because you've just cashed in today. Uh, the correct answer is 65%, James. Is oh, wow. Whoa, 65? 65%? Damn. Oh, that's a lot lower than I... Oh, wow, okay. I thought, I thought critics liked this movie. Nope. Well, it's 65, it's still fresh. It's still a fresh, and that's also out of uh, 54 critics. Uh, to, to me, this movie is kind of unremarkable. It's good, but it's not great. Yeah. Uh, but I, my theory is that that's the sweet spot. You don't want to do something that's outrageously clever. You don't want to do something that's just so abysmal. You got to mm -hmm. strike for just a little bit better than just the middle. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, the reviewer was correct. That is a D. For going by America academic standards, that's some, that's some good D. And there it is again, yeah. Olivia Suarez. <laughs> and for audience rankings out of one million twenty-six thousand six hundred twenty-two, starting with Peace. James uh, Cage fight, what do you think the approval rating is for? Uh, let me Whoa. get the let me get the chair and bash away an answer. Uh, I'd say ninety-three percent. Ninety-three percent. Yep. Very positive, very I, positive. I think uh, most people love this film because of A, nostalgia, and B, it has someone for everyone in the family. It does have someone for everyone in the family. Uh, Aaron, anything for Salinas? Um, I'm, I'm really surprised it was only in a million. I, I genuinely thought we would have been close to, if not surpassing... Too Fast, Too Furious area. Um, I don't think anything's going to pass that. No. Yeah. At this rate, no, because I think this is a very beloved film. I'm going to say 86. 86%. Olivia. Wait, what did Aaron say? Because he kind of cut off for me. 86%. Ah. what Aaron said. I was going to say 85%. Ooh. You still can. The price yes, is right I, I, That's Yes, I'm going to go with 85% because I think it's um, – I think that families enjoyed this film. Kids, I think, in a sense, kind of, you know, got pleasure of knowing that you, that when it came time for them to be home alone, maybe they couldn't fend off the wet bandits, but that it was just as much of an adventure as they'd always maybe thought in their head. That's just – my takeaway. Well, Olivia, it's time to pop open those leftover wine bottles because you're walking away with an audience victory. Oh, the correct no. answer is 80%. You are closest to going under. Oh, yeah. Nice. <laughs> and as we've all stated and known throughout the rules of the Rotten Tomatoes game, is mm -hmm. if you don't win 
the critic or audience well, who no, has to pay no. $30. That's true. Absolutely. No, that's yeah. not how this game works. We established it, it very first episode, and yeah. you've got to know this stuff. You You're a good it. guy. Keep evolving around me. It's not evolving. These are just it's the rules. It's not about you, Aaron. Oh, my yeah, gosh. Yeah, Aaron, come on. I know adaptability is a good skill to have, but I don't like it for this game. Look, I don't, don't appreciate it's a charity. you lashing out. It's a tough time for us all right now. Yeah, yeah. Think you could just be a little bit charitable. You're a good guy. <laughs> yeah, I thought you were a good guy. Do a good thing. <laughs> uh, uh, that was a good uh, job, James. That was good. That was good. I'm patting myself on the back for that. Great one. job, James. Thank you. Great uh, job. <laughs> hey, that's been the episode of our podcast. <laughs> uh. Aaron, this is where you cut in. Oh. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, Wait, wait. Aaron, go ahead. Podcast! (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I got one, I got one. I got one. I I probably don't have the line correctly, but (laughs) hey, have you heard of us? We we play good podcasts. (laughs) 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 Like, we're on our way to... yeah, the podcast. Yeah, we can take you to Chicago. <laughs> we we play podcasts. <laughs> that was only one? not the correct line, but you know what I mean. Do you have one? No. Um. Uh. Oh, I just had. It. Oh, we're the wet podcast. Uh, uh, that's you an episode of Shame Watch. James, wait, 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 wait. We're the uh-huh. podcast bandits. There it is. James, wait. Yeah. Get the podcast, you filthy animals. Oh, oh, oh Kenny wins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kenny wins. Let me know if you lose and that Aaron has to pay 30 what? No, this, this has never been. I started this. This has never been. Oh, I hate this game. <laughs> That's been our episode of Shame Watch. Thank you to Denise Hudson. Wait, for our- wait, wait. I love you guys. I love you too. I love all of you. Thanks for doing a podcast with me. Rank who you love. Uh, everyone equally, because I uh, don't forget everyone. Boo. <laughs> You're all my best friends. Boo. I, I love me. Self-care. Self-care. Oh. And I love all of you. Hey. I'm down with that. Self-care yeah. is good. Self-care is important. Uh, James Olivia is at a distant bottom, Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> what if I decide to donate? Like, Slightly uh, above. Move then. up one. You move up half a hill. He still a good guy. Yeah, he's a good guy. He's our good like guy. This. He's our good guy. Uh, thank he's you to Denise Hudson for our rockin' theme song and to James Garcia for our artwork. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to Shame Watch on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever podcasts are found. Do you have suggestions, questions, comments, or general tomfoolery you want to contribute to the pod? Send it our way. Visit us on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook at Pod so we can talk with you. Finally, you can contribute to our Patreon at patreon.com slash It does cost money to put out superb content like this pod, so even a $1 donation can make a huge difference. And now, it's the part of the podcast where I quiz everyone what our perks are. Cool. Let's do it. Olivia, what do they get at the $10 level? 
for the at the ten dollar level, you get all up. of the content. Oh, wait, who is who's who who has to who's quiz first? Yeah. Is it me? Yeah, okay, be, you go. at the ten dollar level, yes, at the ten dollar level, you get all of the features that we put on. Uh, you get to decide what movie marathon we should do next. You also get a uh, picture of Aaron's foot, or you get yeah. a haiku, or you get a haiku written from James or Aaron. You also, one of those other features you, is you get an autographed headshot from me. And, um, hey, don't laugh. Don't Are we laugh. just adding don't... that now? No, well, that's at the $5 level technically, but if, they, if they're paying $10 a month, they should get one too. And, yeah, that's pretty much it. I got the easy one this time. Uh, Kenny, what do they get at the $7 level? Uh, at the $7 level, you get all the perks that are involved at both the $2 and $5 level, uh, as well as special behind-the-scenes that you can't get anywhere else. Uh, and additionally, you still get to contribute and help pick our next movie marathon, so you get access to both our movie marathon episodes as well as Olivia's brand-new podcast regarding Watch TV and The Bachelor. Uh, I forget what the subtitle is. Oh, Listen oh. to Your Heart. Oh, listen listen to your nice, heart. nice. Aaron, what do they get at the $5 level? They get everything that we got in the $2 level, plus uh, the fun tidbits we talk about before the show, um, mm -hmm. as well as... My headshot? Yeah, Olivia's headshot. Apparently. Olivia's headshot. Um, signed headshot. Yeah, signed I, need to work on the, I need to work on those. D don't worry, guys. If you're at the $5 level, I didn't forget about you. I did. As, as well as... That, that's it. Uh, that, that's it. Uh, that, that's it. Um, yeah, that, that's it. And at the $2 level, <laughs> we, we say your name on the podcast, and you get to listen to our special behind the, well, special content like Shame Wash TV and our movie marathons, which our next movie marathon that will be released is da, 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 all the Spider Man movies that are not in the MCU. The non-essential MCU Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah, oh, they are essential. essential. Uh, and now, as per the $2 perk... Oh, real quick. I forgot. There was movie news I wanted to talk about. Sam Raimi's confirmed to direct... Uh, Doctor Strange uh, 2. Doctor Strange Great 2. Choice. I'm, Great yeah. choice. I'm so Excellent excited for that. Choice. That makes me very happy. I thought you said yeah. Home Alone 4. <laughs> there, is a, there is a Home Alone 4. It was made in 2012. Yeah, he really? takes back or no, the house. 2002. 2002, I'm sorry. I thought Home Alone, oh, Home Alone 3 is the one with Alex D. Linz, who was Right, Matt Alex Keeble. D. Linz. Wait, hold on. I might, be, I might have been wrong. Right, hold on. Yeah, I there's a remake in the works already, too. Yeah, no, there's Home oh. Alone taking back the house, and then there's also Home Alone, the holiday heist. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's still Kevin McAllister, who's Mike Winberg. Those parents got divorced. What? This sounds terrible, but, but Home Alone 4 was uh, uh, in 2002. So, wow. You know, patrons, if you want us, we'll marathon all the Home Alones. Please don't. It's a shame yeah. that Macaulay yeah. couldn't be all of the Kevins. Yeah, he was the first <laughs> two, and that's the only two that anyone remembers. Anyway, naming our patrons, Kenny Madison. Of Austin, Texas. Aaron O. Salinas. Of Austin, Texas. Gene Fight. Of Bowling Green, Ohio. Alan Smith. Of uh, Austin, Texas. Bradley McPherson. Of Tulsa, okay. Jennifer Steinberg. Of Austin, Texas. Herc. 
of Austin, Texas. Ian Keegan. Of Gillette, Wyoming. Danny Cantu. Of San Marcos, Texas. Tiffany Tipton. Of Austin, Texas. And our newest, Morena Suarez. Of San Marcos, Texas. Of San Marcos, Texas. All right. Uh, Clicked on the wrong tab. Hey, until next time, our watch has now ended. Dive at your own risk. Is this what pushed Pesci into retirement? Absolutely. Probably. No way. He still had... Casino was 95. Uh, I know he did a movie in the early 2000s. I think what pushed him into retirement is that he was just old. No, he's a young sprite. I think the last movie that he did before Irishman was called Love Ranch. That sounds dirty. Oh, man, I'm good. (laughs) Uh, He was a voice in something called A Warrior's Tale. Oh, oh! I'm thinking of a night's tale. Never mind. You know what I mean. <laughs> I got really excited for a second. I love a night's tale. I love you. Thanks. I love you. I love you. Kid.